Now, I was going to say good morning, Lydia House, but we're not at Lydia House. We're at the Red Barn. Good morning, Red Barn. <laughs> morning. Yeah. Isn't God good to provide us with a wonderful new place? Thank you, Father, for this wonderful place that you have given to us now to use in this season. We thank you. You saw it coming. You saw our need, and you gave us this wonderful provision. So we thank you. pray that you would uh, fill this place. We know there are neighbors close by, and we look forward to meeting our neighbors and inviting them here and inviting them to your heart. We begin this service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Just a couple of quick announcements. Um, there's some kids' activity things, coloring books and crayons and stuff in the bag that's on that table with the green tablecloth there. Feel free to let your kids or play with that age. stuff. Or whatever age. Grandma, if you, if you want to color, there's coloring stuff there for you too. And, you know, we're, we're a keep the kids in the room kind of a church, so she's good, you know. She can run around, do whatever. She can dance, flags. Yeah, what's your name, sweetie? <laughs> Mom might have to help me out. <laughs> Lily. Lily! Sorry, I've met you before, but you were smaller. Yeah, good to see you. And there's some kids' toys, too, like in the other room and stuff. She can play them back there, run around, that sort of thing. We're used to noise in here. And, oh, hi, back there on the couch, too. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Sammy, good to see you, buddy. He's busy. Okay, we won't acknowledge you. Never mind. Naomi, hi. Good to see you. Welcome. So here we are. We're in a different room. If you didn't notice we're in a different room, you might need prayer because uh, you drove to a different building and here we are. The ceiling is higher. That's really the only difference that I can see and especially for flags and my guitar that I bump on the ceiling of your basement like every other week. Um, also, there is a women's room and a men's room in the back there. They are public style toilets, so there's multiple seats. <laughs> I don't know how to say that in a dignified way. Um, there are two holers. So in the back, there's a men's room and a women's room. Enjoy those. And uh, we don't have the um, drinking fountain plugged in because of COVID. And so we are still getting our bearings here. Uh, we appreciate your patience in these first couple of weeks as we kind of get going after our whirlwind tour of moving. And it's great to have you all with us, though in our new place. And uh, let's see, what other announcements do we have? Um, the offering box, you'll recognize, same old offering box up here on this little table. And there are Bibles over there. We will need Bibles today, so if you didn't bring a Bible, at some point you might wanna get a Bible. It's on that end table over there in the middle of those chairs. Raise your hand, Paul will toss, will hand you gently a Bible. And on uh, May 15th, we are having a party back at the ranch outside as sort of a final farewell, and we'll give you more information about that later. May 15th, that's a Saturday in the afternoon. And everybody will need one of the sheets of paper that Naomi handed out and a pen. If you don't have that, you can wave your hand and she'll get you one of those. All right, Paul, can you 
lead us into prayer now as we prepare our hearts for worship and thanking God in this new space that, you know, worshiping is, is important and worshiping in our new space, I think, is important. And so we want to we want to welcome the Lord here and mm. let his presence fill this house. We thank you, Father, that you have revealed yourself to us as a father and as a healing God, that you love to touch us, you love to care for us, and we want to pray now for those that need healing, and one is right here. She's having a lot of pain in her back, so uh, put your hand out towards Sarah as we pray for her back. She's a doctor, but she doesn't know exactly what's going on with her back, except that she knows that it really hurts. And so, uh, Karen, go ahead. For your glory, Lord, we pray. In your name, Jesus, you are the healer. Mm -hmm. Touch her. Yes, Lord. Father, we cry out to you. In your mercy, Lord. In your mercy, Lord. Bring healing. We pray for other needs that people have at uh, Lydia House. Good morning, Esther and Leah and Gabriel. Hi, gang. How do you like our new house, Gabriel? Yeah, plenty, plenty of room to dance. We got lots of flags here. So, <clears throat> any other needs? Any other prayer needs? Healing needs that anyone has? Okay. So let's uh, just quiet your heart now in an attitude of prayer and uh, ask the Lord to uh, open your heart to his love and to uh, this time of worship. <clears throat> Confess anything. It's good to have short accounts. I, I am kind of crazy in, in one thing. Uh, I take out the garbage, and I watch the, uh, I like to watch the garbage truck when the garbage truck picks up the trash, <laughs> and I see it put in, and I, I just like to see that week's garbage go, and I think about confession when I see that, that it's good to confess. You don't want the garbage to stay in your heart, and so if you've got any garbage in your heart of any kind, any resentment toward anybody, any unfinished business, Take the garbage out, folks. Get the trash out. Let the dumpster come. So just a moment of silence now. Jesus, you made provision for it. You, you died the death that we deserve to die so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free from the power of sin and live under your power. Bless our time together. Bless our worship. Bless the word. Bless the sharing. Bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand. You don't have to, but you're invited to. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. And yes, Esther, you may dance around. <laughs> and Karen, and everybody else. Andrew, you too, buddy.
I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty place And treasures of fame Are never enough And you came along And put me back together now every desire is now satisfied here in your love. And there's nothing better than you know. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountains is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. There's nothing better than you know. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. There's nothing. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Graves into gardens. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Cause there's nothing better than you know. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than
millennium There's nothing better than you No, there's nothing better than you Lord, there's nothing Nothing is better than you Let's shout out some ways in which the Lord is awesome I want to hear them Amen our healer. you, Lord, that you take our, our sorrows and our mourning and you turn them into dancing. Thank you that you take all the stuff that we struggle with and you turn it into something beautiful, something that reflects your glory. Thank you that you are always working. Whether we see it or not, you are always working in us and through us. you do in our life every day the ones we don't even notice we thank you for those 
We thank you that you're always working in us to make us both willing and able to do your will. Thank you that you are always working to make a way for us. I don't know if you have any obstacles right now in your life. If you have anything that you're trying to get past or that you can't even see over. I invite you to surrender those things now before the Lord. Just put them up on the altar and trust that he is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Who you are 
That is who you are. 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 Feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. This next song, I want us to worship the Lord, but I also want us to prophesy over this place, over this church during our move. The chorus is, pour it out, let your love run over. I want you to prophesy that. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. I want you to prophesy that. I want you to prophesy the bridge of this song as well. Just pray it over each other. Pray it over this place as we usher in our our new worship space. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding 
all your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Now the world awaits your presence. And this power is within us. We will rise to be your witness. Spirit, come. Spirit, come, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now. Let your glory fill this house, pour it out. Let your love run over, here and now. Let your glory fill this house, pour it out. Let your love run over, here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Tongues of fire, testifying of the sun. One desire, spirit come, spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done. One desire, spirit come, spirit come. Tongues of fire. Testifying of the Son, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come. Spirit come. Continue burning for our King is soon returning. As we hold to this assurance, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come. Spirit come. 
Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Prophesy, pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out, let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. We welcome you here. Father, we welcome you here, Jesus. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We ask you that you would fill this house as we have come to worship you here. We thank you for this new place to meet. We thank you that the church isn't a place. The church is people. So we thank you for each other. We thank you for this church. But we are certainly grateful for this space. We pray that you would fill this space, fill our hearts, Father God. I pray that this would be a place where we meet with you this would be a house of prayer, that this would be a place where we feel and experience your presence. This would be a place where we receive from you so that we can go out and bring it to other people. Lord, this is the barn. This is a place where you bring in the harvest and you store up the food to bring it out, to give away. And so I pray that you would bless us, that this would be a place where when we come, we leave with something more than what we came with. Anoint us, Holy Spirit like your people in the upper room who waited for the first fall of your Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire came. I pray that you would fall on us now. Tongues of fire, testifying of the sun. One desire, spirit come, spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, spirit come, tongues of fire. Testifying of the sun, one desire. Spirit come, spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, spirit Tongues come. of fire. Tongues of fire. Testifying of the sun, one desire. Spirit come, spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, spirit one more time. Come. Tongues of fire, testifying of the sun, one desire. Spirit come, spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, spirit come.
Father, I pray for homes within a couple blocks of here. I pray for people who, who are waiting for an invitation to this place and to your heart. I pray for the people that you are preparing for us to knock on their door. I thank you that you're gonna have pre people prepared to connect with us, to hear the gospel, and to come into your kingdom and to come in to fellowship with our congregation. Please be working on them. Please be getting them ready for us to meet with them. On the way over here, we were driving and praying and, and singing, and I did see angels, and we know there are angels around about this place, uh, over all of us as we're driving here and over our homes. And Father, I pray that we would be able to uh, just be astounded with your presence these days. And, and the color of this barn, red, I, I saw the blood of Jesus. Lord, your blood covering this place, protecting. And also your light shining forth so that people would come and wonder what is happening. That many would be healed in body, soul, and spirit. And we pray for us this morning, any of us here who need that healing, we're in the middle of a storm in our life, perhaps, or those around us. We need to feel a little more of your life, Jesus. We need to feel more of your peace. This morning, we're going to look at your word where you say, when you go to a house, say, peace be on this house, and your peace will rest there. Well, Lord, some of us need some peace before we can give it away. So we receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. We lay down our anxieties. We lay down our fears. We lay down the effects of stress and worry in our lives. We lay those down before you right now, and we choose to exercise the gift of peace that you've given us. So Holy Spirit, everybody just put your hand on like the middle of your body, like your chest. or I don't know where the Holy Spirit resides, but I always, I always feel like he's here. And so put your hand there. The Holy Spirit is within you, amen? God is not far off. You don't have to beg him to come. He is here. I know we, we're praying for the Lord's presence to fill this place, but that's something different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the presence of the Lord now within you. He's always right here. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would breathe out your peace within our hearts right now, that you would fill us with it so we would have enough to give away to others. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, 
you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus breathe call these bones to live call these lungs to sing once again i will praise jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus Jesus, your name. your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Your name, your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome your name is alive forever lifted high your name cannot be overcome one more time your name is a light your name is a light that the shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome your name alive forever lifted high your name cannot be overcome jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear oh jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus Jesus, sing Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Why don't you just keep singing out, sing out in English, sing out in a tongue. Just worship Jesus.
just repeat the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. We're in love with Jesus, Jesus. Son of God, Jesus, Jesus, and the Son of Man, Jesus, Jesus, you make a way, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus, Jesus, our living sacrifice, Jesus, Jesus. Our great high priest, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you're all we need. You are all we need. I don't need riches. Don't need a fancy building to meet in. Don't need success. Don't need fame. Don't need all my desires and earthly wants fulfilled. Don't need that one person to come to me and say they're sorry. We need you, Jesus. center and so some revival speakers went there in the last few days Sean Folk and uh, Charles Karaku and uh, David and Ivana were there I'd like one of them to come up and or both of them however share about uh, what you experienced there Hello, everyone. Good morning. This is a family right there. That's a family. Number four. Yeah. Yes. Holy cow. That's thank you. Great introduction there. This is 
My name is David. This is my wife, Ivana. You used to live at our home. <laughs> yes. Love you guys, too. Great to see a lot of you guys and your kids that I've never met. So this is Samuel, Lily, and Hannah, and Baby. So, yeah, um, uh, Pastor Paul had talked about Sean Foyt, uh, Charles Kruku. Um, we were blessed to, I think we went to seven different locations with them, um, probably over the last, what was that, three, four months, something like that. It was a while back. And uh, so they were just in town. Um, everybody knows what's going on in your city here. Um, and so, yeah, we just we just, we decided to go there and, and fellowship and see some faces we haven't seen in a little bit because we're out of state now. We're in Wisconsin, but we still still come join you here um, on the streets a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just um, we love Sean's heart. We love the the team. You know, he he don't like to take any of the credit, but nowadays a lot of the movements they have a forerunner you know, a, a lead man, um, but they're giving all the glory to Jesus. So uh, we love to see his tenacity to continue to worship, even though uh, the system says that you're going to be quiet and you're not going to do this. He says, no, uh, not on my watch. Even some of his, some of the things that we saw on Facebook lately, there's been a lot of people, a lot of quote unquote Christians, I guess you'd say. Um, we're looking at disciples nowadays, I believe, pastor, not so much the title of a Christian. They were first called what in Antioch? First called Christians in Antioch, right? They were first called followers of, of Messiah. Um, it wasn't a title that they gave themselves. And so we love to see his heart. Um, just being in an atmosphere. Um, I've, been, I've been to some, some heavier shows with some people in here. That was one of the louder uh, church experiences that I've had. Um, and I, and we like the noise too. And so, um, but it was a great atmosphere of, of unity. They did a lot of unity, a lot of de declarations, but also a lot of call to repentance, um, for strongholds, um, any vices, uh, same sex attractions. Uh, we'll just, we'll just say for the kid's sake, uh, stuff on the internet, um, just turning from that and turning unto Jesus. And so there was just a lot of public, like not bow your head, raise your hand. It's like, no, get your butt up here and get on the altar and get before Jesus and let's come clean and let's get cleaned up so we can go be a voice um, to wherever we're called. Amen. Whatever people group we're called. Throwing, throwing the cell phones, like 50, 50 cell phones. Yes. Uh, just a lot of healings. And, and it was, it was unique. Uh, I won't, I'm not a big name guy, but uh, we had some ministers that we've uh, walked with for a long time in the cities and they were there and they were even emotional because amen I'm sure we have some some mothers and fathers some ministers in here and sometimes you see stuff and you're, you're like how are we going to see a shift in this but it was the glory you know um, what does it say uh, you know lift him up you know lift his name up um, when enemy comes in like a flood um, he will we will raise up a standard against him he is that standard Jesus and so um, just lifting him up, seeing the glory come in, and seeing people touched. Because that's, that's not the time we're in. We're not in the time of intellectualism, trying to figure this stuff out. We're just, we just need to come boldly before the throne of grace and let him touch us, let him minister to us. Um, we know that as well. You know, we have, we have three little ones we're responsible for, a marriage we're walking out. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're looking for ships, you're looking for answers, and and uh, he's just looking for our humility. Amen. We, I know a pastor that said, go low, you know. And if you haven't gone low enough, go low. So has anybody ever heard that one? 
Here's here's my bride here. She's going to share a little bit. Yeah, um, the main thing was to the level of surrender that people give themselves, <laughs> you know, it's the level that of response that the Holy Spirit can do in a person's life. And so, yeah, it was fun. I um, They had the altar call, and, you know, people are just running and just dropping. And it's not before man, but, but the space. So sometimes as churches or places, you know, we get stuck feeling like there isn't that space. And so when there's a space, the altar is open, there's a place for people to respond. You know, and that can be well done in a seat too, if you're sitting in your heart. Um, but there's something about the action of going, <laughs> even physically moving, physically throwing your phone, physically. There's a guy who threw, I th hopefully, I think he talked about marijuana, I think he threw stuff or all sorts of stuff, you know, and the, the, that response to, to let it all go, you know, is so beautiful. And I think that's all that we desire to see <laughs> in our own life, you know. And so when we were worshiping, I just, the three things that I got in my head was, um, like a little song, but I'm not going to sing it. Cause on, <laughs> no, I don't know how it goes. I just started getting lyrics, okay? <laughs> so, you know, that um, just a prayer for the bride that, you know, I hope that you burn every bridge. I hope that you crush every idol and that you burn every picture that you feel that you have to, <laughs> you know, to move forward. Because what holds us back in reality well, like um, Nate said, there's nothing really that's supposed to hold us back from feeling his presence, from hearing his voice. But it's the memories and the trauma, it's, it's the sin, you know, that holds us back. And so there is a action on our part, in our heart, you know, whether it's to physically give something up to him, whether it's to physically, you know, stand, you know, or just to do it within in the heart, you know, that again, the surrender <laughs> to the level that we surrender is the level that, you know, Jesus says yes, because we're giving our life away for him and for more. Amen. Pray for them. How long are you guys in town this time? Uh, Not sure yet? Uh, a couple of days at least, a couple more days. Okay. Yeah. As long as the spirit lets you stay. <laughs> Paul, let's pray for these, this family. Aim your, aim your hand over at them here. Father, we bless David and Ivana and their children, three going on four. We thank you for this family that's committed to following your way regardless. We know it's not going to get easier. It's going to get tougher. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. And so we want to stay with you, Jesus. Thank you that this family wants to stay with you. They want to be where you are. They want to move where you are moving. They want to do what you're doing. And so we bless them with eyes to see it and hearts to follow it. I bless David as he is stepping toward ordination. We bless that venture. Thank you that you've called him to preach the gospel. We bless him and bless their family in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen to you too. Amen. Yeah, I think she wants to chew on it. Everybody should have a handout. It says listening prayer on it. If you don't raise your hand, and Naomi will get you a piece of paper and a pen. Um, I am observing we have.
I think if I counted right, 16 kids, counting one in utero this morning. That's pretty cool, huh? 16 kids. When I took over as pastor of this church, we didn't even have 15 people. So 15 kids is pretty good. Amen? We're excited about that. And so parents with kids, there's activity bags in the white bag on the table back there by Isaiah. Feel free to keep your kids in here. You don't need to take your kids out. Just stay in here. They can run around the back, do whatever. There's toys in there. Feel free to bring the toys out here uh, for them to play with. We're a family church. So you don't have to run away. My dad is improving. Thank you, Steve. My dad, whose name is also Steve, is doing better. He had to re go back to the hospital uh, last weekend, but he has been better now. He went to the doctor once or twice this week, um, and things are note like notably improving as opposed to you have to take it on faith that you're improving, which is what it was last week, and then he had a setback, had to go back to the hospital. But um, So he is doing much, much better. Praise God. That's... Uh, you know, when someone, when a loved one is real sick, uh, it's like a weight on you, right? And you kind of have to constantly give it back to God. Um, so I was practicing that <laughs> the last couple of weeks uh, the best I could, and I'm thankful that God is faithful. Amen? And Tim's back. And, and Tim is back. You seem to be feeling a little bit better than near death. You're chuckling like your old self. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And yes, clap, clap. Healing is worth clapping for, if anything is. Um, and I, I do want to thank, in particular, Tim and Ruth and CJ, who have done a crazy amount of work over the last week moving a lot of our stuff from the Anderson's basement to here, trying to get it all plugged in and working. And... They've done a pretty amazing job, don't you think? Yeah, this was, they're getting paid time and a half. Um, we, we only pay spiritual dividends, but still, uh, time and a half is good. So we really appreciate that, guys. CJ, I know you put in 20 extra hours this week, buddy, and so we, we thank you, brother. And all of us thank you, because we all get to benefit from that. All right, everybody grab that sheet of paper. If you don't have one, again, raise your hand. This is uh, what we're going to go through right now. Raise your hand. It should say listening prayer on top. It's got some scriptures. So we try to do this every, you know, every other month or so to practice listening to God, to get better at hearing the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice in John chapter 10. And so we're all his sheep, all of us, no matter how old or young, we're all his sheep. And so... We need to get better at hearing and understanding and recognizing the voice of our shepherd. Amen? And the only way to get better at anything is to practice, <laughs> to spend time doing it. So we're going to spend time right now listening to God. And Kaylee, I'd like you to do this. Please, you're old enough. If you need, run back and get a piece of paper from, um, from Naomi. Bella, I'll leave it up to you to decide. It might be hard for you to read some of it. Andrew, I'd like you to do it too. Um, and the rest of you parents decide how old, if your kids are old enough to read. And, and if they're, even if they're not old enough to read, they are old enough to listen. So they could join in some prayer time, but they can certainly play as well. So we're going to spend some time on this right now. I, I broke it into, I think, three sections. Is that right, Ruth? Yep. Three sections. So um, 
the way we're going to do it is, that we're, and we're spending plenty of time on this, so you are not in a rush. Read that first chunk of scripture. It's like two or three verses in each section. Read it. Maybe read it again. And then just listen for what the Lord might have to say to you about this passage. You're not necessarily writing down, what does this mean? It's not a Bible study. It's a listening exercise. And so you're just going to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying something to me right now? And take note if anything jumps out. Feel free to circle words. Circle words, underline things that might jump out. And you're not declaring. When you circle something or write something now, you're not declaring, thus saith the Lord. You're just saying, hey, this sort of stands out to me a little bit. We're practicing how to recognize the voice of God. Because God speaks to our mind, but he also speaks to our will, our emotions, and sometimes it's hard to figure out those things, and so we're going to give some practice. So if you see something in there that jumps out at you, circle it, underline it, whatever you like to do for taking notes, and then just listen. Lord, what do you have to say to me through this passage? Give it a couple minutes, and we'll move on to the next one. Everybody with me? Sure. On the plan? Thank you, Laura. All right, ready, go. And there's, there's no time rush here. we got plenty of time. There should be some. And don't worry about what you write down or what you circle or underline or anything like that. You're not declaring prophecy here or anything. You're just writing down what comes into your head. Feel free to move on to the next one whenever you're ready, but no rush.
And whatever you write down, by the way, that's just for you. We're not going to force people to share or anything like that. So go ahead and write down anything. Start moving towards the third one if you haven't already. No pressure. And when you get to the last part, which is just asking the Lord, hey, if, what, if God is saying something to you right now, what might that be? Just, just start writing something. If, God, if you're not making a pledge or declaring a prophecy or anything like that, you're just saying, if God is saying something to me right now, what might it be? Maybe go back, quickly look through uh, what you wrote or what you circled or what you underlined and just write a sentence or two as a thesis and then you want to keep writing. A lot of folks, even if they're not sure if God is speaking to them yet, they find that as they start writing this out, they really do feel like God starts speaking to them. So I encourage you to write a sentence or two. If God is saying something to you right now, what might that be?
I'm going to keep going in about a minute or so, but you don't have to come with me. You can keep writing. Okay, go ahead and keep listening, keep writing, um, if you're still doing it. Uh, the rest of us, how was that? Up, down, middle? You can, be, you can be honest. Fun, okay. Good. Um, did it a little differently this time than we've done it before. Sometimes we do questions or simple prayers that we ask God and we listen, spend some time listening. We have done scriptures before like this. Uh, this is the first time that we've done the scripture passage that we're going to study today. This is the passage we're going through now for the rest of the Bible study time that we're together. And so that's a little bit different. I, it's an experiment. So you can let me know how it went. Um, I thought I would give God a chance to speak to you about this passage before I spoke to you about this passage. And you might have some insights now as we move through this passage and walk through it together. Feel free to you know raise your hand. and. We'll get a mic to you. And I'll, but a lot of what you wrote down is probably personal. It's probably for you. Most of what God speaks to us is personal. It's for us. It's for kind of our immediate present and, and right, right in the future. And so I'm not going to ask for volunteers to share because that's mostly your stuff. If anything did come up that you want to talk to somebody about, I'm available or grab somebody else afterwards, and we'd love to talk to you about that. Okay. I am going to read through this passage, even though you all just read through it. Sometimes it's helpful to read through something a few times to get it through your head. So this is Luke chapter 10. Uh, quick background, Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent out the 12, the 12 disciples, 12 apostles, so the leadership. He sent out the leadership to do some outreach and to prepare the way for him to go into certain villages Areas that were um, strictly Jewish areas. Now, at the beginning of Luke 10, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 or 70 others and sent them on ahead of him. 70 others. So he sent the 12 already. They came back. Who is he sending now? What? Lots. Lots of them. 70 is a good number. He's sending the church. So the word apostle literally means sent one, and the, the 12 were certainly apostles, but we're all sent ones. Jesus sent out the 12, they came back, but now he is sending out the others. He sent out everybody else. And so spreading the gospel, sharing the love of God with other people, befriending people, sharing our testimonies, healing the sick, these are not things for leaders to do. These are things for all of us to do. Amen? Amen? This is the church he's sending out. Yes. The Lord appointed 70 or 72 of the people who were following him. At any given time, Jesus had you know, anywhere from a couple dozen to 500 people following around after him. So it wasn't just 12 guys. It was a pretty big entourage, especially by the end. And 
in this case, he pulled out 70 or 72 people who he, presumably prophetically, could tell were ready for this, and he sent them out. He sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And if you look later and see what towns and places it was that Jesus was about to go to, those places were not strictly Jewish anymore like it was when he sent out the 12. When he sends out the 70, they're going to places that are up to half Gentile in these regions. So we've got Jews and we've got Gentiles living together, and Jesus sends the church out to those folks. So this is an expansion of the ministry of Jesus that we see in the Gospels. It's expanding now from Jesus and the 12. It's expanding to the church, everybody. Now we all get to play. We all get to go do this stuff. Okay, so that's an expansion. It's also an expansion into who he's reaching out to. He's now reaching out to Jews and Gentiles specifically. And so that's another kind of expansion of this ministry, of this revival that Jesus is leading. He sends them out two by two. Any, any thoughts on why two by two might be a good idea? Andrew, do you have the mic? Speak into it. Two by two, how come? Maybe so they could help each other, but also it kind of reminds me of Noah and the animals on the ark. I'm not really sure how those It reminds me of Noah as well. Um, there, could, there could actually be a Noah connection here. I'd have to think about this. Sort of like a reverse Noah. God brought the animals, and now he's sending the animals. We're all animals. Um, some of you I know for sure are animals. But, uh, so there could be something to that. But I think the first thing you said for sure is true, that it's better to go with another person. You know, the first thing God said about Adam was it's not good for man to be alone. There was no sin yet, but something wasn't good in God's creation. Interesting, right? Obviously, he did it that way to show us something, which is that we need other people. We need each other. America tends to be very individualistic. That's part of our heritage is individualism and a little bit of rebellion, maybe. Um, Independence, right? And sometimes that's a wonderful thing for us as Americans. Other times it does us a disservice. A lot of Christians that I've known, they talk about how it's just me and God. Me and God, we can do anything. That's all I need is God. And yeah, there's a sense in which that's true. But nowhere in this book does it say you and God. That's it. It's actually the opposite. He says, no, we need each other. We have to have each other because we bear one another's burdens. We help each other. We disciple each other. If you're, if you're sick, bring that to a person, and they will lay hands on you and heal you. It's not wrong to pray for God to heal you directly. That's fine. But what the Bible tells us to do is have somebody pray for you. So we need each other. And so I think that's part of what the two-by-two two is. Also, we can help keep each other accountable. But like, hey, don't get so mad. It's okay. There, some people are just mean. It's fine. Let's move on, you know. Um, if you're having a hard time, if you're tempted by something, it's nice to have another person there to check you and you can encourage each other. It's also have t- nice to have another person. If you're doing ministry and like prophetic stuff and praying for healing, it's nice to have another set of ears that are listening to the Lord. That's right. It's nice to have another set of hands that are praying for folks. Um, it's just handy because then you can be like, I'm kind of sensing mm-hmm. there's an unforgiveness thing here. What do you think? Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. Then you talk to the person about the importance of forgiving because you both heard from the Lord then. So it's just helpful. We're not supposed to go out by ourselves and be out on a limb. 
doing things for Jesus and hoping we don't break the limb and fall to the ground. God wants us to do things together. So two by two is a great thing. And everywhere he himself was about to go, I love this because they're preparing the way for the Lord, right? They're literally preparing the way for the Lord. So when God sends you somewhere, when he sends you to somebody, the people he's already sent you to, the people you work with, people you live near or go to school with, those are people he's already sent you to. He himself is about to come there too. You don't go by yourself. You don't even go with just one other person. You go with God. Jesus is coming. He's got your back. He's going to back you up. Sometimes, like in this case, it's their job to prepare the way. And then Jesus comes or somebody else comes. And then they come into the kingdom. And that's the way it is sometimes. It's not all of our job to be the one who prays the sinner's prayer with someone or whatever it is. Okay? Sometimes our role is to be the very first Christian they can think of who is nice to them. What a powerful thing that is. And so we don't know what our role is. That's what we ask God for. Tell us what we, what, we wish, what we should do here. And Jesus gives really specific instructions in just a minute on what we should do. And, but he is coming next. He is, he is coming with us. He's got our back. And so we obey, we go. The Spirit does his work through us. And then the Spirit follows up. And we can ask God, am I part of this follow-up? Is this a long-term relationship? Or was this a temporary thing? And we can ask the Lord and he'll lead us into that. It could be like, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. Now Andy's going to come in. And I always used to, begrudge is maybe a little strong, but I always used to be jealous of the evangelists who were the ones that got to like bring people across the finish line, so to speak, you know, because I just, I've done that very rarely, only a few times, probably less than a dozen times. Um, and I've always kind of been jealous of people who that's their thing and they get to do that and that's their job. But for whatever reason, my job tends to be other things. I help people get over the feeling like if they walk into a church, they're going to be struck by lightning. Um, so they're like, you know, step negative five and they got a few more steps to go. But sometimes for some reason, people relate to me. Maybe it's because I look like a bouncer or something. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it is, but guys in particular uh, are willing to open up to me. Non-Christian guys, like very non-Christian guys, are sometimes willing to open up to me. And there was this one guy that I kept meeting with recurrently because we um, went to the same place. And sometimes that's how it works. Where are you? You always see them at Trader Joe's or whatever the case may be, right? That's God. Every encounter is a divine encounter. Every encounter you have with a human who is alive is a divine encounter. Every single one. Guess why? You carry the Spirit of God in you. And so every time you interact with a human being, the Spirit of God is now impacting a human being. And the more we cooperate with what the Spirit wants to do, the more God can do. Amen? Every encounter is a divine encounter. And so anyway, there's this guy. And so we started talking, um, you know, a little bit here and there, here and there. We, it, it, apparently, it had never come up that I was a pastor. I don't know why. Um, after like a year, I was talking to somebody else who knew I was a pastor because he goes to Church of the Open Door and I know a bunch of people there. And, and the other guy's like, you're a pastor? <laughs> and I'm like, why is he so surprised? What have I done? <laughs> you know, um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. He's like, for real? And I'm like, yeah, for real. And, and then I could see, and I've seen this look in people's eyes before, they're like, 
crap, what have I said, what have I done? How many times have I swore around this guy? How bad is this, am I in trouble? Like I could see that look in his eyes. Maybe you've seen that look before in people's eyes. And I'm just like, yeah man, don't worry about it, you know? And so we started talking later and I told him, hey, you know, go, go to our Facebook page and my sermons are up there and stuff like that. And he's like, he was one of those guys who was like, well, if I ever set in foot again, I'd, I'd be hit by lightning before I crossed the threshold. And I was like, it's okay, we don't meet in a church building, we meet in a basement. You're fine. And he's like, okay. And he never did come. But he watched some of my sermons online. One of the last times I talked to him, he had watched several of my sermons online, including one on forgiveness. And he had never watched a sermon, maybe in like 30, 40 years. He grew up a Christian. He, he didn't share the full story, but things, that, things transpired. He left the church, never came back. And he saw that sermon on forgiveness. He's like, you know what? I prayed to forgive my dad. And we talked a little bit about that. And I have full confidence. I, I you know, we lost touch because he moved in stuff, but I have full confidence that God tapped somebody else to help him get the next step and somebody else to help him get the next step. And so that's how it works. We're the body of Christ, right? And so that's one of my stories of how I got to help somebody a little closer. But most of the time, my job is to help Christians get closer to Jesus <laughs> and to help Christians get off our you-know-whats and get out the doors and do the stuff of the gospel. That's more of where, where my job is. But we all, we all have a different place that God is calling us to do, a uh, different thing that God is calling us to do, and we just need to be faithful to that. And we might not always be the person, but we're somebody. We're somebody impactful uh, in their lives. Verse 2, Luke 10, 2. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So the harvest is plentiful. What do you think that's talking about? Souls. Souls that need to come to Jesus, right? There's, there's people out there that need to come to the Lord. And... You know, I'm talking about planting seeds and reaping harvest. And I've more, been more of a seed planter than a harvest reaper in terms of bringing people to the kingdom. But what Jesus is saying is the fields are ready for the harvest. There are people out there, tens of thousands of people in our city, who are ready to come to God or to come back to God. But they need somebody to come alongside them and walk up with them. I always like it when I see altar calls at churches and someone is walking with someone else. That is what the gospel is. We, we help people sometimes to their knees. We help them to stand up. But we do it together, and, and our job is to, is to help people do that. Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful. It's out there, folks. Sometimes we, we, we need to get away from the mindset that the world is against us. Woe is me. Let's hang out behind our fortress walls and wait it out. The rapture will happen probably soon and we'll be good. That's not this book. That's not what this teaches. That's not what Jesus teaches right in this passage. He says, yeah, I send you out as sheep among wolves. He does say that. So that's real. But our job is still to go out, not to hide behind our walls and wait for the rapture. Our job is to love our enemies to pray for those who are mean to us, to pray for those who persecute us. They're our job. They're our mission. They're the harvest. The ones we don't like, 
the ones that talk differently than us, the ones that love differently than us, the ones that look different than us, those are the ones we're called to. That's our mission. And those are the people that Jesus wants to send us to. That's the harvest. And he's saying, he's not saying that the harvest needs to grow up and get ready. It's not ready yet. He's saying there's just not enough workers. The problem is nobody's out there getting the harvest in. So pray, therefore, he says. So the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. This is verse 2. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord. The word earnestly there, the root word is having deep personal need. When we look at the world, when we look at the harvest, Jesus wants us to feel emotionally a deep personal need to bring people into the kingdom of God. And there have been times in my life where I have felt that. And I could pray for people to come into the kingdom and maybe I get overwhelmed emotionally or I, or I get really into it. And I felt this deep personal need to see people come into the kingdom. And there's other times where I have not felt that. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but if you look at the harvest and you don't feel a deep personal need, personal, I need to help people get to Jesus. I need to pray for people. If you don't have that deep personal need, I really encourage you to ask God to give you that or to maybe remove something that might be blocking you in receiving that. I don't know what that may be, so I'm not going to hazard some guesses. But I've been there before. For me, it was mostly just a submission thing. I just let my life get mostly about me and forgot, oh, I'm, I'm here for a reason, and that reason isn't me. <laughs> that reason is of them, the people in that neighborhood right here. They're my reason. That's why I'm on earth. I'm not here that long. I need to get about what I need to be about. And so I said, God, I don't care enough. <laughs> Please help me care more. And guess what? The Holy Spirit's like, well, yes, I will. <laughs> he is happy to answer that prayer. John, did you have something to add? Andrew, run that back. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it says beg. Beg, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. Yeah. So, so it's a little harsh. It's more than that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more than just pray. It's probably exhibiting compassion, I think. Yep. Uh, uh, a, a degree of urgency, maybe. Yeah. So, so I, I was kind of surprised by that. I agree. It's not just pray in like a religious happy sense. Oh, yes, Lord, please do this. Amen. It's like, no, beg God. What's the posture of someone begging, typically? They're down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Nobody likes to do this. It's not comfortable. I'm not comfortable right now. It might be embarrassing to do in front of other people. This is what this this is begging. Jesus. God, please. Yeah. We need you to send out workers into the harvest field. Yes. And maybe that harvest field is your neighbors, your work. Lord, I need a partner at work to help me reach out to these guys. Lord, I need to like these guys more because they really bug me. And I honestly could care less about them. So can you give me your love for them, please? Ooh, that's a dangerous prayer. God, give me your love for them. He'll do that. Some of you probably have testimonies about that. I do too. I remember there was a person in college who just annoyed me. 
so much, <laughs> all the time, everything they did. Everything they did I found annoying. I realized later it was because they had the same weaknesses I had, and I saw my own weaknesses reflected in that person, and I didn't like that, and so I sort of didn't like them. That was very humbling. When God was like, do you know why you don't like them, Nate? Uh. Andy. Yeah, another word for beg, the word plead came plead. to my mind. Yep. And who was it that God was going to go destroy a city? And he's like, if there's X amount of people, please, like right. you wouldn't do this, would you? Was right. that yeah, Abraham, Abraham talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Yep. So pleading with him, please don't do this. Yep. God values that. Yep. Yes. Pleading with God on behalf of pagans, evil people. God, don't destroy the evil people. How many times do we maybe think the opposite? God, go ahead and destroy these evildoers. Wouldn't it be better if they were just all wiped out from our country and we could just all get closer to Jesus? I have occasionally had that thought. I don't mean like fire from heaven. Well, actually, that'd be fine. You know, anybody else brave enough to say they've sort of had that thought maybe once in a while? Thank you, Steve. I knew you would. Every day. See, Guys, I'm not that holy. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, God, just remove the obstacles. I say it really religiously. Remove the obstacles. What I mean is smite my enemies. The people I've decided are my enemies because they don't agree with me. And that is not the gospel. That's not what Jesus is calling us to do. Amen? Those are the people that we need to pray for. And so some of us might need to ask God, God, give me a heart for the harvest. Give me a heart for these people you have called me to. I don't love them like you do. I don't love them enough. I should be on my knees pleading and begging. And I'm not. So help me get there. But the very words that he uses, that we are like lambs and we're going with wolves. I don't know many lambs who would say, hey, I like wolves. Hooray, I like it. Wolves. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Jesus doesn't pull punches here. He doesn't religiously coat things. He's just like, hey, you're, you're, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. And they're going to be nice to you. <laughs> Everyone will be nice to you and love you. <laughs> Jesus does not promise that, folks. No. Maybe you've heard at some point from a preacher saying, if you step out on a limb for God, he will protect you and nothing bad will ever happen to you. Mm. You may have heard that. It's a lie. Sorry. All these guys got killed at some point for Jesus. So may some of us in this very room someday. I don't know. This is real stuff. This is serious stuff. And so he says, verse 3, go. So he said, pray, and then he said, go. Right? Pray and go. He says both things. Pray and go. Pray go. Pray go. Delicious. Pray go. He says pray and go. Some people gravitate more towards the prayer part. Other people gravitate more towards the go part. But we're supposed to do both. And again, I'm not saying go preach on a street corner. Everyone has to do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about primarily the people that God puts in our life. The people that we've been sent to. And Jesus sent these guys to specific places, and he might send us to specific places too. But wherever he sent you, we need to pray for them and go. And then he talks about what going means. And I'm going to skip a little bit um, for sake of time. But he says, don't take anything with you that you could possibly use. 
That's hilarious. No money bag. What, what does it say? No money bag, no knapsack. Don't bring extra clothes. Very interesting, right? No sandals, so you're walking around barefoot. Greet no one on the road. Now, part of this is prophetic because of a specific thing Jesus was doing with these folks. Um, but I think the message for us is there is no excuse to not go. Many of us have an excuse. I don't have the resources to do what God's calling me to do. I don't have the skill to do what God's calling me to do. I don't have the experience to do what God's calling me to do. And God says, you don't need any of that. You have me right in here. You are bringing the literal God of the universe with you. What else do you need? Your piddly little skills might not actually matter. Your experience might not mean a hill of beans with the person God's calling you to talk to. God is going to give you everything you need. Later on in Luke chapter 23, Jesus is like, hey, remember when I sent you out with no knapsack and no, 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 no nothing? Did you lack anything? And they said, no, nothing. So where God guides, he provides. You've heard that one before. It, it rhymes. It's nice. Mm -hmm. But it's actually true. God will supply what you need. So there is no excuse. There is no disqualification, whoever you are. Your age doesn't disqualify you. Even the smallest person can change the course of history. That's right. Because there are people in your class that only you can reach. Mm. I can't read. I preach there once or twice a year, but I'm not going to reach most of those kids in your class. Mm. You are. <laughs> yeah. I'm not probably going to ever meet your neighbors. Hopefully I will, but maybe not. That's your call. Yeah. That's what you're called to do. And sometimes we come up with excuses, and God's like, nope, no excuse. There's nothing you need that I can't provide for you. Just go over and start loving people. And I'm going to end here. He does not say, go find somebody and say, you're a sinner, you should repent. That's not how we evangelize. He doesn't go to somebody, he doesn't say, go to people and say, hey, have you met Jesus? Because you should. He's coming like next week. That's not what it says to do. And we'll maybe look at this next time or sometime soon, but he says, give them peace Bless them, encourage them, fellowship with them, eat with them, love them, meet their needs. He says, heal them. Demonstrate the power of God to them. Maybe they need to be healed. Maybe they need help learning how to forgive. Maybe they need a prophetic word or encouragement. That's all the stuff that we do with people. We befriend them. We love them. We demonstrate God to them. And then it says, at the end, verse 9, then say to them, Oh, by the way, the kingdom of God has come near to you. After you've proven that the kingdom of God has come near to them, then you tell them what they already know, that there's a God that they would like to meet. Do we see the difference here? We don't tell them out of the blue, by the way, there's a God you need to get to know. They're like, who cares? Who are you? Who are you to meet? We have to prove to people. We have to earn the right to share that kind of truth, to share that gospel with them. And we earn it by loving them and by sacrificing. This looks like a lot of time. What Jesus says here we do, yeah. this represents time. There's nothing more valuable than time, right? But that's the sacrifice that we make. And we genuinely love these people, try not to see them as a project. And sometimes that's hard. 
because you want to be intentional, but you want to be genuine. And so that's maybe a tightrope that we get to learn how to walk, which is part of why we go with somebody else, because they can let us know, hey, 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 we need to be more intentional. Or hey, 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 this is, he's not a job. He's a person whom Jesus loves. Spouses are very good for that. Spouses and, and spouses make great ministry teams, so do families. Nate, what is this greet no one? Do you think that's so you do not get distracted and you're just not doing the formality uh, and you keep your sights on, on the I, I think so. It says greet no one on the way. I, I think that means, hey, when God gives you a job, do the stinking job like now. Sure. This is Jesus acting as commander-in-chief, yeah. right? Yeah. He is issuing marching orders. Sure. We have a lot of different relationships with God all happening at the same time. He's Father. He's Almighty God where we fall on our face. And he's our brother. Yeah. And he's our lover. Sure. He's our friend. God is many things all at the same time. But one of the other things he is is master. Mm -hmm. And we're the servant. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those instances. He's like, hey, you have a job to do. Go out there and do that. And don't get distracted. And don't let anyone tell you you're going where? <laughs> nope. That's not going to work. Don't listen to that stuff. Um, and by the way, he says, I'll end here. He says, eat whatever they put in front of you. Sweet. Remember, this was a half Jewish, half Gentile yeah. place. Yeah. They're going to be offered food that's not kosher. Jesus is telling them ahead of time, eat it. Eat what they put in front of you. But Lord, I've never touched my lips. I've never been. Eat it. <laughs> It's not about you, it's about them. There are some of you here who this summer will be offered a beer. Drink it. Unless you have a problem with alcohol. Obviously don't, if you have a problem. But if you don't have a problem with alcohol and you simply don't like to drink, there are people who don't drink for religious reasons or whatever. If a neighbor offers you a beer, he's, he or she is offering you time, fellowship. You don't say thanks for the brew and leave, right? They are opening up. They are offering you fellowship. Take it. Take whatever is put in front of you. That's a great question. Thank you for asking that, Gabriel. If your neighbor offers you drugs, you say no. <laughs> so we don't get silly about this. And if your neighbor offers you an eighth beer, you probably say no thank you to that too. But if your neighbor offers you a brew, drink it. Even if you're like, I don't drink, I don't believe it's right, blah, blah, blah. Drink the beer, dude. If they, if they invite you to go with the other office people after work to the bar, seriously pray about doing that. You might never get a better opportunity to reach people than at a pub. Not only that, God, God, the Bible says God invented wine. He gave man wine to gladden their hearts. That's what the Bible says. And if you've ever been around people who are drinking, they have a tendency to get a little more open, get a little more honest. That's a good plan, good strategy for reaching them for Jesus. Ruth, and then we'll end. Well, I really think you should ask God. Ask God. Mm -hmm. Because A, a lot of people don't know they're predisposed to alcoholism, and it mm -hmm. might that one drink might be their slippery slope. And B, I just have a lot of friends with um, addiction backgrounds. And even if they just knew, well, okay, she had a drink this time, 
and I heard about it. I actually have a very, very good friend who she and her husband had been off of meth for years. Mm -hmm. And they just had a drink. Yep. And it led to the next drink. And they both relapsed and lost their kids and had to fight to get their kids back. Yeah. So, yes. De so, I mean, the enemy is always trying to get his foot in the door. Yeah, so, we definitely have to be use obedient. Wisdom. Yep. Definitely use wisdom and ask the Lord about it. But in general, as Jesus says, take whatever they put in front of you. If there's not a reason like that not to do it. If it's just a religious reason, let that go. Because Jesus said, they're going out to places where there are Gentiles. There's a religious reason not to eat this stuff. It's not kosher, right? And Jesus is, in some ways, I think he's preparing them and preparing the church for the new covenant that's coming in. Um, so, all right, I'm going to pray because we're a little over time. And for the sake of our television viewers who are joining us, anybody joining us on public access, welcome. And we're going to pa uh, pause now and pray. Father God, we thank you that you have sent us, not just the leaders, not just the 12, not just people whose names we know. You sent the others, yeah. us, all of us. Lord, we repent for the times where we have not acted like people whom you've sent. We repent of the times where we have not earnestly begged or pleaded with you to send out more workers in the harvest and to bring hearts closer to you. We confess of the maybe missed opportunities here and there. Lord, we don't want to miss anymore. I pray that you'd help us see that every encounter is a divine encounter because we bring the divine with us. And we thank you that you are working through us when we don't even know it. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. As we sang this morning, we thank you for that. Help us to be more intentional in partnering with you, Jesus, in what you are doing around us. And for those of us who are in that place where we're just not loving the people right now like we know we should, where we're not earnestly praying and earnestly pleading and we're just in a place where we're not there or we're distracted by something, Lord, we confess that and we pray that you would give us that heart, give us that love, give us your heart for the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. So my dad was a pastor, and so there were times when he would get his kids to go door-to-door -door and drop things off, and I did not like doing that. I did not like going door-to-door. -door. I drive in here. Did anybody see where we're located? Anybody see the see? We're in a neighborhood. And I have a different outlook now as a pastor than I did as a pastor's kid. I'm getting, I want to get over there. I want to get over there with something, with something that I can give to them. I want to knock on some doors. And I, I would like to take people with me. I'd like to find out who else would like to go to the neighborhood. And we'll just, it's called canvassing. You, we, I just want to touch every home over there and let them know we're here. We don't rely on the sign. They'll, they'll, they'll see the sign and they'll want to come. Really? <laughs> They're not going to come by seeing this because they've been seeing that for 20, 30 years. It's been here for a long time. But 
if they get to connect with it, I love your sermon. I loved it. Right on. Because we have an opportunity to fill this room and get the chairs so that they go. We have enough chairs to go back to the wall, don't we? 180. So uh, why not give it a try? And I would understand if you felt reluctant to do that. I would understand that because I felt reluctant to do it. I did not want to do it. I, I felt embarrassed. They might think I'm a Christian. <laughs> oh, you could put a sign up. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses because it's usually two by two. Oh. Two by two. Yeah. That, you know, if it's three, then they'll know for sure. Oh, three. Anyway, let's pray about that. And uh, let me know if you'd like to come along. You can be number two or number three. I don't mind being the, the, four, the person out in front. Um, I look forward to it knocking on the door and tell them why we're here. And uh, Father, I'd love to fill this room with people. I'd love to fill this room with people who don't know you yet or with people that knew you 30 years ago and are, are needing a way back. For people who loved the church and then hated it because someone did something to them, I'd like to see them healed. I would love to have the opportunity to connect with people. Some of them, they'll invite us into their house and we'll be able to talk to them and talk about baseball or talk about track and then talk about Jesus. Thank you for this message. Thank you. The first message we hear is about them. And you're wanting us to go. Father, forgive your church for telling the world, come, come and see, come and look. And you didn't do that. You said go to them. And so I pray that you'd give us a humble heart, an open heart, a caring heart, a loving heart, that as we see needs, we would help to meet them. Give us prayers of faith for the sick that we will see, people walking with crutches, or people that are struggling in their marriage. God, I pray that you would equip us with whatever we need to do this stuff. I really can't wait, God, to meet neighbors in this community and uh, help them. Some it'll take a year. Some they won't come the first time. And then as this place grows, they're going to see something's going on over there. Looks like they're almost having fun. And I pray that you would uh, use us over time to reach them. Thank you for giving us this. Let me remind you of the story that the person who offered it to us did not know that we were moving into this area. And it just struck me when it was offered. There's a reason. There's, there's a reason. So... There's a purpose in our being here, and it's not primarily for us. It's for those who are not with us now. Mm -hmm. So that, that's exciting, isn't it? Because most of us, a lot of us, were in that place at one point, and someone helped us get there. So good deal. 
Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we do that. We forgive those who trespass against us. Please, brothers and sisters, forgive those who have trespassed against you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to give you the benediction, and then we've got uh, some couples, young couples that are going to meet together and talk together about life. And... Uh, Stay here as long as you want. What do you think? What's your first impression now of being here at the Red Barn? I want to hear from a few people. Yeah, go. the oceans and water and so on. And I got the word anchor. But one thing that really kept on hitting me as I was going along with this anchor piece, and, and it was during the exercise, Pastor Nate, that you had said to, yeah. So I just saw a lot of floating, like this, this area is super saturated like like there's water underneath and we're just kind of walking but it's like this just tons of water and then as the as the service has unfolded i'd see geysers and just all over on this prop property and it was cool and it's a promising season for you guys, particularly. Not that it isn't for you, but it is for you. Because there's loss in movement. You have the loss of the territory at Lydia House, yet you have this. And the territory's different. We all know that ahead of time. But your mantle is secure, and it's transferring. It's not been easy. No. Well, life isn't easy for anybody. No. Yeah. No. As you said, God doesn't promise us. No. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that very much. Larissa, what do you think of this place? I really love it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's really beautiful, and um, I don't know. I just feel at ease here. Yeah. I mean, I did it at your house as well, but it just it's our first day, and I feel so comfortable and relaxed, and I yeah, I just really like the atmosphere, and um, it's good. good so. place for the children. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. The, the kids are and the moms are so free here. There, there's a lot of freedom. I'm sorry, what question? Why does the owner leave? Who is the owner? Why did they give it to us? Why? Why not? That's a good question. I will ask him. 
because um, Steve Galstead, he is a, a friend of mine. He graduated from the seminary I started in 2007. I did his ordination, and uh, we haven't had a lot of... Yeah, it was here. Uh, I'd forgotten that I'd been here that, uh, for his ordination. And uh, he had tried to start something here, and it, uh, it didn't go. Uh, they live in Andover. I'm going to tell them, hey, start coming here. I think you should start coming back to the, ran to the ranch. He is going to come and tell the story of the building oh, good. When, oh, good. He, when he's available to. Because oh, this has been used as a church and a conference center back into the 70s um, during, like, the revival days, you know. Um, so this is the, the drums up here are signed by Christian bands for the last several decades. And this, this place has been hopping over the years. Um, and so we, we've sort of inherited this already saturated, blessed territory. And I know that sounds like super charismatic, but when, when I read the Old Testament, I see that land is important and places are important. And moving a boundary stone was a death penalty. Death for moving a boundary stone. That's how important land and territory was. And so there's something to it, the fact that this place has been a place of worship for so many years. There's, I don't understand it, but there is something to it. And like Larissa, I, fe I felt great here just the atmosphere and i'm not a super feeler there are a lot of people here who have more of a discerning kind of gift than i do um but i have felt peace and at homeness here right away i didn't feel like i had to work for it and if you don't that's okay i'm not saying you should or else i'm just saying I, i'm feeling good about it it was such a god thing hey if you ever need a building you can use mine uh we do need a building and i'm gonna move into your backyard so what he didn't know that he didn't when know. he offered it. He, he just said, if you ever need it, it's yours. So uh, we received that as a sign of God's guidance and his kindness to us to give us this. So I just wanted to say, um, as I walked in, remembering that I'd been here before, I asked uh, Nate, I, I'm not a Greek scholar. Uh, if it was in Japanese, maybe I could have read the sign over here that says life in the spirit, and that's what it means, life in the spirit. And how do you pronounce that? It's a silent P. Ah, Numa. Okay. And then uh, your sermon went right along, right away. I saw what was back here, go, if you see on the wall, and make disciples of all nations. Now, the go part especially. And, and we need a little work, work on our go. Work, work, yes, work a little bit of work there. So, uh, yes, thank you, Lord. This is uh, very exciting to see you all, and uh, we are just so blessed to be here with, with all of you. And uh, God is so good. The Lord is so good. And thank you for so many that came from far away, too. Yeah, so, we realize it's a very far drive for some of you guys. You like you guys in particular and we know it's so we know it's a sacrifice but we're sure glad to have you with us i was just going to call on paul and paul when you were sharing about going out i was reminded of karen's testimony last week 
and I felt like it was the same word from the Lord. Karen moved into the ranch, Sorry. you know, apprehensively. That's probably a more passive word than maybe is appropriate, but <laughs> she was not necessarily fired up about it. But the Lord told her, that's not for you, it's for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said was similar. Maybe you didn't mean to connect the dots, but I think it was important where you said, we're not really here for us. That's true. We're here for them. So when we're asking the question, why were we given this? You know, it's, it's certainly a blessing to us, but I think it's more the Lord obviously has a strategy yes. here. And in the fact that most of your family is like five minutes up the road is, is interesting too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's beautiful, right? That's so neat. I think there's a lot more that we'll learn in the coming months, years, weeks, et cetera. And do we want to pray for what you and I talked about? We don't have to say specifically, but yeah. uh, uh, we, are, we are praying for associations with other churches, connections, mm -hmm. and um, uh, we'll say more in the days ahead, but there could be some things happening out of uh, out of relationships, connections that we have with other churches in the area. Yeah. So I'm going to pray out of Luke 4:18. Um, I won't go into the depths of it. Yeah. But I'm going to pray that over this church and the community into what Paul's talking about, and um, someday maybe we'll share more on that. But for now, we will because it'll be a reality. Right. So Paul and I talked about this last night or the other day, and there's more to this, but I just feel like this is the Lord's heart for this community. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you that you are our master and you're our father and our friend and our savior and our counselor, everlasting father, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. We thank you for that, Father, and we ask you that, Jesus, that you would shout the name of the Father over this community. We ask you, Jesus, as you declare the name of the Father, that you continue to declare it. And, Father, we thank you that you raised up Jesus. You raised him up with the spirit of the sovereign Lord upon him, and you anointed him. Je Father, you anointed Jesus to proclaim good news to the poor to set the captives free, to proclaim liberty to the captives and sight to the blind and liberty to those who are oppressed. Father, you did that. You raised up a man out of Nazareth. For 30 years, you counseled him. You taught him. You stewarded his heart. You raised up a savior in the city of Galilee, in Nazareth, to proclaim good news in the year of the Lord's favor. So we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would release that anointing once more on this community, God. That you would raise up real human vessels and men who go after your heart, who know you two by two, who can proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, recovering of sight to the blind, and good news to the poor. Free captive hearts, God, in this city, in our region, in our community, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Some of you are going to see miracles for the first time when you pray for people that are sick out there, down that street. It's going to happen. It's not going to be about you. It's about them. We're here for them. 
And God's going to do some miracles to show them that he's real. That's very, very exciting. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, Ruth. I think this is a word from the Lord. Just looking at the lamb up there, we know that's Jesus. It reminded me of the verse, and I found it here in Revelation 14.4. These are they which follow the lamb, which whithersoever he goeth. I prophesy over this gathering of believers that the Lord is saying over us, these are they which follow the lamb, whithersoever he goeth. And we say, yes, Lord, we will follow you whithersoever you, you lead us. And he might, wherever, you know, wherever you send us, but we're, we're going to, that's who we are. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? Pardon? Should we wrap up? Wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap up. Oh, yeah. Why don't you give the benediction? Did I give it yet? No, I haven't given it. Okay. You're too excited. Here we go. It's a good thing. You're going to. Yeah, do you want to say something? Pray for us real quick. Pray for you? What would you like me to pray for you? Could I pray? Oh, yes, indeed. Father, um, Times of transition, times of saying goodbye to things and enjoying it and reflecting on it, and um, times of saying yes to what's here, what's now, and what's ahead. And my heart is just sensitive to the people that uh, go through the goodbye process, as that can be difficult and hard. And so, Lord, I pray that um, they would feel your presence in those times uh, when they're walking down halls or seeing things that produce memories, um, uh, wonderful memories, Lord, um, that you blessed them with. And um, be with them in the difficult times, Lord. I praise you and I thank you that you are there. Comfort them. And uh, may they not feel alone, but may they know your presence, Lord. Uh, You're with us in every moment. And um, Lord, when it's right and, and the excitement and the joy for the yes to the here and now, and to the future things as well, Lord. I praise you and I thank you that you're present in those times as well. Um, I pray that their heart doesn't get squashed, Lord, but that it's fully received in your arms, Lord. You gave us the emotions. And um, Lord, really, I just pray that you would be, I thank you that you're present in all of that and that everyone would know, um, would know you more uh, in your presence, Lord. So thank you, we love you, guide us. And um, Rock our world. Your will, Dad, be done. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. David, come up here. We're going to say the benediction together here. Can I share with him what we were talking about a few days ago? Uh, David is uh, praying about seeking ordination. That means that he keeps doing what he's doing. But, uh, but, but there is a church behind him. There's, a, there's something behind him that's thrusting him forward. I feel thrusted forth. I was ordained into the ministry. That, that is uh, something that, that provides an extra stimulus, an extra encouragement. And so we talked about doing that, and we're going to do it with... 
uh, International Ministerial Fellowship because David has felt called to do ministry since he was in our house. He was doing it back then. How long ago was that? A few years ago, huh? Uh, and uh, I'm, I was going to give the benediction. Do you know the words of the benediction? You, enough to give them? Yeah, yeah, say it, say it to them. Okay. Uh, and I want him to do it because he's not yet ordained, but there's an ordination that's in, that's in the heart, too, that starts there, where you know that God has, has called you to, to do this stuff, and he knows this. He feels called to it. And so we're going to go through that process. So I wanted him to bless you guys uh, with a benediction today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace mm -hmm. and lift up the light of his countenance upon you. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. That's it. We did it.